for listening to the premier home of motorsports for nearly two decades. The Race Central Radio Show. Drive, start Back on ESPN Radio 1600. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Let's go racing drivers. It's going to be close right here at the line. He's got the inside. They touch once, twice. Oh, boy, here we go. This is going to be tight right here. Now, here is your host, one of the most respected motorsports voices in America, Motorsports Insider, Kurt Hansen. Copy that. Welcome to the program. It is what we do every Friday. It is Race Central on the radio, the drive from 3 to 5. And great to be with you on a, well, it's a fast Friday, but it's also kind of a well, once again, a funky Friday is the, uh, I know someday uh, a spring or summer is going to roll in here. I just kind of get that feeling. But hey, hey welcome to the program. We've got a, a packed program today. And it's, uh, we're going to do a little recap of, well, certainly last weekend, the Indy 500, the greatest spectacle of racing, also the Coca-Cola 600. And uh, a lot of good storylines coming out of, well, last weekend, certainly a an exciting Indy 500. 400,000-plus people at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It looked like days of old, which was really pretty darn cool from this uh, from this perspective, uh, seeing all the folks there and, and all the, the pomp and circumstance and the festivities and just the vibe uh, that from talking with all the folks that I do talk with uh, between – Fridays, because this is what we do every Friday here, the the drive three to five, um, had a different feel this year. And that's that's a good thing. And when I say different feel, I'm not saying uh, a, a, a feeling of old in a sense, but it did have that. But a new, fresh feel, maybe the the youngsters and certainly Marcus Erickson, who came over from Alfa Romeo in Formula One to Chip Ganassi a couple of years ago, got the big win last year in Nashville, which uh, was pretty darn cool, especially after going airborne in the first 25 laps or so and came on and got a, a great win there. And his run strong. I, you know, talking with, again, a lot of people uh, over the past week or so. I didn't really hear anybody before the Indy 500 talk about Marcus Erickson, but uh, post-race, maybe this is, you know, people protecting their reputations, not wanting to make uh, speculation or predictions, which I don't I don't make predictions because just too many damn things can go wrong. But post-race, I had comments from more than a few people that they thought, Marcus Erickson could be a factor. I don't know. I don't know what's up with Scott Dixon in the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I mean, the guy, you know, he sets uh, after a, a tough first day, goes out and sets an outright qualifying record and really kind of had that thing at hand. And then to hear. The, the the TV people, Danica Patrick, nice job, by the way, doing her best to imitate Princess Leia with her headset on. It was actually kind of cool to see DP. In the, she did a great job, but uh, I digress. I was beginning to think mid-race that Scott Dixon really was just kind of tooling around. And it, it looked like he kind of was. And then to hear the commentators come across go, 
pit lane speeding violation for Scott Dixon with 30 laps to go or so, which is basically you need a lot of things to fall in your favor. You're basically playing the the cards that the hand deals you. You need a lot of things to happen to become a contender again. Now, having said that, Jimmy Johnson had a pretty good race, but boy, that that accident he had with a handful of laps to go, when Marcus Erickson was basically setting sail, that could have been a tough one. Pato Ward, that was an exciting restart. What can I tell you? And then he drives away again and allows another caution. I believe Sage Karam... Santino Ferrucci's teammate uh, was the last caution of the race. And here we go again. And they're really, and I, I called it on Twitter at Race Central, a lot of video of what I've called and now coined the move. You know, you have in football, I, I believe the Joe Montana, Dwight Clark catch was called the catch. Then I believe there's something called the play. That was the move, because there was a fraction or a fraction of a fraction of a second where Pato Ward came around the outside, and if Marcus had lifted it all, he would have dove the inside of the corner, probably taken the corner, and probably won the 106 Indianapolis 500. Erickson's got big stones. He had him in Formula One driving a a pretty subpar Alfa Romeo, but still squeaked out some pretty good drives. But there was a blink of an eye, literally. That's one of those deals. Who, who Whoever, like in negotiations, whoever speaks first loses. Well, whoever blinks first loses, and Marcus Erickson did not blink. Pretty damn exciting. And, uh, boy, with the Ganassi guys good all month, yeah. Did Dixon maybe throw another Indy 500 away? He's probably still kicking himself. Or the dog or the cat or whatever the, the, the family pet array looks like. Because he, he had the Indy 500. It would have taken a lot of things to go wrong based on what he was doing how he was driving, and the way he was managing his race. Alas, not an Indy 500 victory. But his teammate, Marcus Erickson, walks away, so Chip can't be too disappointed. Hell of a race. One of the best Indy 500s I've seen in a long, long time. And the, as I say, the it had a, a lot of the old vibe, but a lot of new vibe. And that's what I've been talking about all this season is, you know, the kids kids have at it. NASCAR is kind of the same thing. Kids have at it, except for last weekend. Denny Hamlin, the ham sandwich, as I call him, because the guy is all over the place always. But in speaking with uh, Lee Spencer from RacingBoys.com, who will be on the program later, she said a few months ago that, that Denny Hamlin – and also Bob Pockress, two of the strongest voices in NASCAR, Pockress and Lee Spencer. I think both of them said Hamlin likes, he likes things kind of chaotic. He likes things 
a little awry. And boy, did that play out last weekend. Holy cow. Uh, the longest race in NASCAR. And now Denny has the trifecta. I mean, good for Denny. So now he has the crown jewels with a Daytona 500 victory. Coca-Cola 600 and Southern 500. Kevin Harvick, we'll talk about him as we get into the program, is the only other driver with all of those three titles. Should be a lot of fun this weekend in St. Louis, where the Cup guys have never been before. Now, there's some drivers in the field that have been there before. The trucks have raced there in the past. I am not can't recall if Xfinity has. I don't think so. But there's some drivers in this field that, have been there before. Alas, though, since the last time they raced there in any form of NASCAR, not Cup, the track's gone through a lot of changes, a repave, and is certainly not the same place it was before. But some knowledge is better than no knowledge. And this weekend, and, and it's a good call, we've got practice. We're talking about practice. Practice. I don't think Allen Iverson's in the field. But this is a good thing. And it may favor one driver. Yeah, I'm not going to do that yet. It may really favor one driver. And as I've kind of been commenting on, not kind of, but have been, this season so far, Ross Chastain, Tyler Reddick, I did predict early on that Ross Chastain would win a race. But by the way, he's won two. Tyler Reddick has been in the hunt to win two, but not so much yet. Trust me, in my NASCAR pool, I did not have Ross Chastain second at the championship points at this time of the year. It's one of the exciting things that the condensing of the playing field, the equalization of the playing field, has really made it exciting for NASCAR this year. Many of the tracks have been sold out. Charlotte was sold out a week ago. St. Louis is sold out this weekend. Phoenix, the cup finale, is already sold out. And for the first time in a decade or longer, Rattlesnake Hill, that big old hill you see there behind turn, turn three and four, for years that was like, you know, sacred ground. You had to fight over it to get a spot up there. The hill is sold out. And I believe other tracks are trending the same way. If if there's been doom and gloom spewed out there from whatever angles, certainly didn't show it at Charlotte, did not show it Indy, has not shown it the IMSA races. IMSA with the NTT IndyCar Series this weekend at Belle Isle, certainly a a very fast and flowing place, and a place that, uh, well, a driver, I'll get to that. I got two topics to get to. Who's who's going to maybe reap the biggest benefit from, from practice this weekend in St. Louis? Also, some IndyCar highlights. Uh, we'll talk to Photo Joe Sarr later in the program, get his NASCAR opinions. We'll also talk... Uh, to Andre Hogenboom, he wrote the unofficial biography uh, of 20, 
2021 Formula One champion Max Verstappen. He'll be calling in from the Netherlands. That's a 3.30. Lee Spencer at uh, 4.15. And then photo Joe Starr a little later in the program. It's Race Central on the radio. I'm Motorsports Insider Kurt Hansen. Great to be with you. On a fast Friday afternoon, 3 to 5, it's the drive. The podcast goes up Monday on FM 1043thefan.com. And watch Race Central TV at Denver Comcast, also on Roku, Amazon Prime, but always easiest found at racecentralmedia.com. drive get the car off the trailer now back to one of the most respected voices in motorsports your host kurt hansen about 16 minutes after the hour it is the well it is the race central on the radio show it's race central the drive from three to five i'm motorsports insider kurt hansen to be uh, uh well happy to be with you on a well a very fast friday all the major racing series are uh, at except for formula one they they're taking a little, little break. Uh, but great win a week ago by Checho, Sergio Perez. Man, it's, uh, well, it's perfect timing for us to have our guest at 3.30 on the um, Max the Dutch Master, Andre Hogeboom, writing the unofficial biography of the trials and tribulations and upbringing and, and grooming of your 2021 champion. Certainly Red Bull looks very strong this year. Uh, Perez uh, gets a win and just signs a new contract extension through 2024. So good for him. Max Verstappen ain't going anywhere. Trust me when I tell you. Uh, Mercedes vis-a-vis George Russell doing okay. Uh, Charles Leclerc, Leclerc, excuse me, easy for you to say. Showing Ferrari is much better than they've been in recent memory. So, I mean, it's it's going to be a very exciting season. I don't think, if my memory serves me correct, we're even halfway through the Formula One season. They wrap up, uh, I believe, late November. So we got got a lot of racing to go. There, uh, I believe, um, the next time they are out is uh, in Azerbaijan, if I'm not mistaken, in the Baku circuit. I guess that's Sochi is the race that got canceled. That's the race right there on the the. Um, it's not Russia, but it's right next to Russia, and it's right there on the uh, coast, the uh, the port that Mister Crazy Man is so much lusting after. So, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, Sochi is canceled. That's yeah. I'm not going to go into that, but anyway. So uh, is it, it's Baku, Azerbaijan. Uh, just a couple weeks away. That should be very exciting. Monaco was a hell of a race. And there has been consternation, here's that word again, that maybe Formula One in its current state has outgrown the Monegasque circuit in Monaco. I, I don't know. It'd be kind of like having IndyCar without the Indy 500. Well, having said that, we kind of did have that many, many, many years ago. And uh, a Coloradan named Buddy Lazier won it in one of the most dramatic finishes in Indy 500 history. Yes, that is the, I believe it was 1996. That's the year they had the 
the U.S. 500 at Michigan, Jimmy Vassar won that, and then the IRL Indy 500, of course, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, yeah, I digress. Let's not, as I'm sitting here today wearing my, my champ car, how ironic, my champ car, when I was the announcer for the champ car series, uh, the Denver Grand Prix, etc., uh, this was part of our uniform, and I just happened to throw this on today. Ironic that you know, we always talk IndyCar. Um, something that's also kind of cool about uh, Labor Day is the uh, the Monday race, and I've gone into that story before, so I'll pass that one, at uh, Lime Rock Park. Uh, IMSA, the prototypes, I remember so well watching the Indy 500 at uh, – at my friend's house in Orange, Connecticut. And then getting up very early on Monday morning to blast through the hills of Connecticut to get to Lime Rock in time for the start of the IMSA race. Now, last weekend at Lime Rock, they, uh, Trans Am came back. They'd spent a long time. For years, they had the Trans Am Memorial Day Classic. And they came back last uh, last Monday, and I guess it was a hell of a race. I did not watch it. But uh, uh, Chris Dyson, who was on this program not that long ago, uh, won at Lime Rock last year, not the Memorial Day race, but uh, in the midseason race, and said it was one of his proudest moments. Uh, he hails from up that part of the country. So uh, he backed it up. He did it again this year this year at the Memorial Day Classic. And our good friend Tommy Dreese, who's been on the show many times, I guess had a massive shunt crash, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but he's okay, fortunately, because I guess it was certainly a, a, a big one. Certainly uh, <laughs> a guy that's very happy, not just uh, uh, Marcus Erickson, who won the Indy 500 because he won the Indy 500. He also took home $3.1 million. Now, every team has a different deal. Some guy, uh, drivers are paid, and they get a very small percentage of, of uh, the purse, as we call it, or the winnings. Uh, some guys come with their own money and negotiate you know, a big chunk of the winnings because they're paying for the ride. Now, everybody's deal is different, but it would be interesting. I, I would love to know what, uh, what the net what he netted from from that win, maybe very little, depending on his deal with Ganassi. I say every every deal, people ask me, oh, so uh, how does that deal work? I'm like, uh, yeah, it's like contracts in professional sports. Everybody's got a different deal, except in pro sports, I doubt. Well, it's not true. Now that I think about it, uh, players get a, get a piece of the winnings. I don't think they get three point one million dollars per win. Little different deal, but yeah, it's dawned on me. Yeah, they get a piece of the winnings, whether the deeper they go in the playoffs or their performance incentives, and they have that in all forms of motorsports too—a performance incentive, kind of uh, like commission salespeople. Drivers are let's go, let's go that route. They're they're commissioned salespeople. Yeah, I don't think that's going to fly very much. Uh, but $3.1 million bucks is is not a bad deal. Uh, Perez signs to 2024. That's cool. He won at uh, Monaco. Uh, Formula 1 off. 
They'll be at the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. And I believe that's, uh, yeah, June 10th through 12th. So they'll be back at it. Exciting season so far. It's certainly not been, as a lot of people put, you know, the lead follow that uh, kind of Formula One became for a long, long time, which my interest kind of waned because I just, it just, wasn't that exciting. Well, certainly that's not the case now. Much like NASCAR. I did mention before we went into the break that there, I believe, is one driver that might benefit. It's a 50-minute practice session. And this said driver has been very vocal that without practice and just going straight into qualifying and then race has really hurt him. And if you look at his results... He may not be wrong. He may not be wrong. Whom may that driver be? That would be one of the two Kyles. Kyle Bush. It's interesting, too, talking with uh, many folks coming to a track that they've never been at before, especially with the next-gen car. Nobody has any notes or setup for these cars. It's kind of fresh, which is why they've given them practice, which I think is a very smart move. But a lot of the prognostics, the guys in the desert, as we call them, have been going Kyle Larson, Kyle Larson, Kyle Larson all season long, and it hasn't really played out that way. A lot of fresh new winners this year. Could we have another one this weekend? I don't know. The guys in the desert that I get uh, stuff from say Denny Hamlin. I don't know. We'll have to uh, we'll have to certainly check that out. Hey, uh, we're brought to you in part by Coyote Motorsports, uh, Denver's only star Yamaha dealer. How do you be a star Yamaha dealer? That means you have the best sales, parts, and service customer satisfaction index report. That's so Brian and his gang over there at Coyote Motorsports. They're also one of the top CF moto dealers in the country. Go in and check out all the fine machines. Also, CF Moto at 0% financing. That deal, I can't believe it's still going on, especially with the economy doing what it's doing. So I would get in today, see Brian. He's a big boss over there. Short drive up by 25. We're on the web at coyotemotorsports.com. I'm the insider and racecentralmedia.com. Back after this. About 30 minutes after the hour, it is the premier home for motorsports. It is the Blowtorch, which is Race Central the Radio here on ESPN Radio, AM 1600, FM 104.3, and always streaming around the country and around the globe on the website that makes you a smarter and better motorsports fan. If you're a regular, you know that I am a, a big Formula One fan and have been since I was a wee lad and very excited about the new excitement in America. Well, not just America, but around the globe that uh, I guess we can all credit Netflix for. And uh, your 2021 champion, which I was rooting for, uh, a very interesting cat. And our next guest on the program, thanks to our good friend Judy Stropus, has written the unauthorized biography of Max Verstappen. I call him Max the Axe. And it's Andre Hogaboom. And Andre, what time is it in the morning where you are right now? 
<laughs> it's almost uh, uh, 12 o'clock in the night. Oh, so it's not too bad. I appreciate you staying up. It's I not th- too bad, no. Yeah, and I want to thank Judy for hooking us up. So how do you write, because I know what authorized and unauthorized means, but how do you write an unauthorized biography? Well, um, the guy is, is, of course, a Dutch uh, racing driver, and uh, I, know a, I know a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, Formula One. And uh, I went through his history, and I talked to some people who knew him on his way up. And uh, thus, I made the uh, unauthorized uh, biography. I uh, asked the team for stopping if they would cooperate, but they didn't want to do it. But I had enough material to make a book. And uh, I released it in 2016, just after he, he got his first win in Barcelona on May the 15th, and uh, from uh, a couple of months later, the book was in the shop. I, you know, I, I, remember the, I remember following this guy. I remember when he first came to Formula One, he was incredibly fast, but quite, quite wild. I remember watching him crash out in a spectacular fashion late in Monaco, I believe, in one of his first years. But, I mean, the, the name Verstappen in, in, in your neck of the woods is certainly legendary. Um, and I, I'm curious... Why, if you're going to write it anyway, why didn't they want to cooperate? Uh, at the time, they thought he was too young. He was at that moment. He was uh, about. Uh, he was uh, 17 years old. He hadn't proven anything, in their opinion. In my opinion, he was proving a lot. He was uh, very rapid in the go karts. He won every championship. He he was very good in Formula Three. But they didn't want to uh, to co- cooperate because they thought it was too young. But here in Holland, we are uh, uh, enormous, big uh, uh, Formula One fans. And uh, I, I thought it was a good idea to tell the public how uh, Max Verstappen came uh, into the Formula One. And uh, it was uh, it was a good choice. To do that, I think. Yeah, it kind of it kind of worked out okay for you. We're, yeah, we're, it worked we're, out pretty good. Yeah. yeah, it sure did. We're talking to Andre Hogeboom. Uh, the the book is the Dutch Master, the unauthorized unauthorized biography of Max Verstappen. You can get it uh, anywhere. You can find uh, great periodicals, so on and so forth. It's I got to tell you though, uh, for and I I've read some bits and pieces. Uh, Judy sent me, uh, you know, the the PDF. Um, you had to have done a lot of digging. I did, but my lucky shot was that I know a lot about Formula One, and I knew his father, who was racing in Formula One for 10 years without much success. So there was a pretty good angle, because it's really a father and the son thing, you know. Uh, father was uh, ready with with the racing, and he saw that his uh, his son Max had enormous talent and uh, talent, and he guided him to uh, to the Formula One. So it was it was kind of um, uh, and I, and I know a lot of uh, guys in the Formula One. I have a big network, so it wasn't that that difficult to to do. To be honest. Well, you've had some help, too. Uh, Jackie Stewart, also Peter Windsor, yeah. Will Buxton. Yeah. We had Will Buxton on this program vis-a-vis Judy during the pandemic. It was a U.S. exclusive, and then we ran it in my TV show. So, I, I mean, you've got some pretty good folks in, in there helping you and helping, um, you know, put all this information together, and you can disseminate and put it into your book. 
it, I'm going to go a little bit different direction here for the moment. Uh, do what is the opinion? Let me rephrase. What is the opinion of the Netflix series Drive to Survive in in Europe? Has it created the same buzz there that it has created here? Uh, what, what's what's the perspective from the other side of the pond? Well, the thing is that it's from the other side of the pond. Uh, the things they uh, they show they have never shown before on Formula One. So it's 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 a uh, it is a huge success here in uh, in in Europe, and I think it's contributed to the popularity of the Formula One not only in uh, in uh, in Europe but especially in the United States. I think because you know the United States never really uh, loved Formula One the way they did in uh, in uh, in Europe. So uh, the the series uh, Drive to Survive contributed a lot to the popularity and uh, i think i love to watch it i like especially the first the first series and the second series was were, were great because it opened doors that uh, that nobody else has, has seen behind you know there's no doubt has that helped with the popularity now i mean i teased will when we had him on the program and just made him a uh, you know a global star but um has that has a movie helped open up doors for people like you to write books like this and get more access Probably, but I think that uh, that Formula One um, is is globally an, an enormous big sport. So uh, it really, the door went open when I started to write about Max Verstappen when he went uh, when he became a world champion, because that made that made a really difference. You know, before he started, he started of course in the, in Toro Rosso, his, uh, a team in in the, in the middle section. And uh, after that, he went to to Red Bull. But the popularity of the Formula One is is enormous. So um, I think uh, I had some enough material for that. Let, and so let me ask this question. I'm just I'm trying to be very politically correct, which is very difficult for me because it may, maybe you, you told you I don't tend I, the filter fell out of my mouth a long time ago. Uh, we're talking to uh, the author, the Dutch master, the unauthorized biography of Max Verstappen is uh, Andre Hogeboom. And he's calling us from the uh, other side of the pond. It's a uh, midnight where he's at. And we appreciate him joining us very much. The book is thirty thirty five dollars U.S., which is really not expensive at all and uh, I'm sure if you just google the uh, the title the Dutch master the unauthorized biography of Max Verstappen you can find where to get that uh, publication um, has Daniel Ricardo moved too much and hurt his career by making so many changes over the past four or five years w- with different teams I'm not sure about that uh, one thing I know for sure that he was uh, he felt with in Red Bull that he couldn't beat Max Verstappen so he had to take another move then he went of course to, to Renault which was not a very very lucky move I think but probably he, he earned a lot of money with it and now he moved on to uh, McLaren and I think in McLaren he's Thought he had a team that was uh, going back to the to the top, but uh, has it's been struggling uh, has been struggling a lot. But they're working on it. Uh, McLaren is of course a, a team which has a lot of success in the past, and he thought he might bring McLaren back to the to the place it was before. Yeah, certainly we all 
uh, harken back to the Teddy Meyer days and uh, James Hunt and and yeah. you know all the the success that, that they had. In your opinion, besides the top guys, the George Russells, the Checho Perez, uh, uh, Max the Axe, you know, on and on and on and on and on, the Leclerc's, yeah. who might be the young driver? To I mean, who in this current flock could be the next Max Verstappen? I think, um, of, of course, it's it's Charles Leclerc, the Frenchman. Yeah, I think he's he's probably as good as uh, as uh, Verstappen is, and uh, that pro- he proved that uh, this season in a in a very good battle on the first position on the World Championship, and I think that uh, Charles Leclerc will be his uh, his big competent. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. And Ferrari, obviously, uh, you know, Drive to Survive certainly did not show Ferrari in its best light, but uh, it certainly seems like they have re, uh, refound their, or regained their form of, of past. But uh, right now, because as you know, it's all about the package. And if you look at the package, the driver, the car, the who has the best package right now? Is it Ferrari? Is it uh, Red Bull? Who has the best package? I think it's Red Bull. I agree. I'm... I'm probably sure about Red Bull because uh, Ferrari, is tend- Ferrari tends to make mistakes when it's under pressure, and that happened that happened in Monaco, and it'll probably and it'll probably happen uh, in the future more. I think that uh, tactic and strategically, uh, uh, Red Bull are better, and they have they have the best the best driver of them all, and uh, they have a fierce competition with the Checo Perez, of course. So they keep themselves, uh, they keep each other very sharp. Yeah. That, that Red Bull might, I hope that that Mercedes will come back, but uh, but that's that's going to be a long story, I think. Yeah. We're, we've been joined by Andre Hogobloom. He's been calling us from the other side of the pond. It is the Dutch master, the unauthorized biography of Max Verstappen. Uh, we got about 30 seconds left, so real quick. Is the Lewis Hamilton parade over, in your opinion? Yes, yeah. That's, that's a short and quick answer. I think he is. <laughs> I, I mean, agree. he's he, he's trying, but but I think it's uh, Mercedes doesn't have doesn't have his stuff together. So I think uh, it's done with uh, with uh, Hamilton, and maybe maybe George Russell will uh, will be his successor. Yeah. I want to thank you so much for joining us, Andre, on the Premier Home for Motorsports here on Kurt Hansen's Race Central Radio Show. Uh, have a great evening. I want to thank you so much for staying up late and joining us on the radio. I will be firing off um, a copy of the interview to Judy so she can get it to you. And we really appreciate you coming on. You are welcome anytime. Have a great weekend. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Okay. you- Andre Hogaboom, yes, it's the book. Okay. The Dutch Master, the unauthorized biography of Max Verstappen. Oh, easy for me. I can't say unauthorized with a broken jaw. What the hell? It is Race Central on the radio. I'm Motorsports Insider Kurt Hansen. Follow us on Twitter at Race Central, Facebook, Kurt Hansen's Race Central Media, and uh, on the website that makes you a smarter and better motorsports fan. That is RaceCentralMedia.com. We probably will be back after this. Welcome back to the premier home for motorsports for two decades. The blowtorch for motorsports on Race Central Radio. It fires me up, man. On ESPN Radio AM 1600 with award-winning host, Kurt Hansen. Yeah, it's about 46 minutes after the hour. It is the premier home for motorsports. It is Race Central, the radio. It's 
Well, it's Friday. It's the drive from 3 to 5 for the greatest names in motorsports. As we like to say, from the front range to Formula One. That was kind of cool. Uh, and it was it was weird I because calling from uh, the Netherlands, I was kind of getting that Hawaii echo, that delay. So I would say something, and he was he was I was trying to manage that, which was uh, oh boy, remember back in the day? You could, well, maybe not, but you call Hawaii, had like the three second delay. That was always a lot of fun, but uh, good stuff right there. Uh, I, I've read bits and pieces of the book. Pretty interesting stuff. This guy definitely knows his stuff, and it was uh, great to get him on the program. Since we're talking Formula One in the last segment here, or in the last segment, as we move to this final segment, it uh, I wanted to get to this because it was one of my talking points I, I wanted to get to today, and since this, I just pulled this up, um, Alexander Rossi, who won the Indy 500, I believe in 2016, I think it was, I can't remember exactly, call it the the pandemic pass out, whatever. But I believe it was 2016, uh, he won the Indy 500 for Andretti Autosport. And now he is, and it it looks like it's it's a mutual parting. At least it it seems phrased that way. But it hasn't been a great secret that that he'd be going to uh, McLaren in, uh, not in Formula One, but an IndyCar, and Kyle Kirkwood, who is currently and had an okay race at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, is leaving A.J. Voigt Racing to take over the seat that <laughs> Rossi will will occupy for the rest of the season and then unoccupy uh, moving into 2023. Kyle Kirkwood will take that seat. Uh, Rossi to McLaren. And how ironic. Maybe because he's never run this strong. But at the end of practice one at Belle Isle, one big surprise, and actually maybe two to the way, Pato Ward, who finished second in Indy, and really, I mean, boy, what a race. I mean, he hung it all out there. Currently second, Alexander Rossi is third, which is one of the strongest sessions he had this this so far this year. He's not been that great the last few years. He, he just... Uh, I hate to say it, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Not inside his head. Uh, Simon Pagano is fourth. Marcus Erickson, your Indy 500 winner, fifth. Colton Herta, sixth. Helio Castroneves, seventh. McLaughlin, Scott, eighth. Roman Grosjean, ninth. Scott Dixon, tenth. And uh, Alex Palou down at 12th. That's kind of surprising. Rhinus VK, 15th. That's kind of surprising. Newgarden, Newgarden 16th. Um... David Malukas, who, if you listened last week to Santino Ferrucci, had that coming together with uh, in in uh, Carb Day, final practice, basically. Um, and a lot of people felt should have been the Indy 500 Rookie of the Year. Jimmy Johnson got it. Some people felt that that was kind of a good old boys deal. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Jimmy Johnson, 25th. Felix Rosenquist, uh, who his contract is up at the end of this year. With uh, with McLaren, so we'll. That's an interesting story. Uh, Graham Rahal, nineteenth. I'm just kind of bouncing down here, but the uh, the guy that's the big surprise. I mean, so Alexander Rossi being third in first practice is kind of a surprise. He hasn't been that strong this year, but Kyle Kirkwood 
coming well at the end of this season from Andretti over to to McLaren uh, leads the first session. He's never led a session before. Maybe the fact that it's all confirmed, who knows? You know, when you have pending announcements and, and changes, this is this is an early um, silly season. It's a silly season pandemic. Uh, things are happening well ahead of schedule. Maybe they're trying to get caught up from being behind schedule the last couple of years. Really, it's, it is it's fascinating. At the end of 2020, there was nothing going on. I mean, there's a lot going on behind the scenes, but... I think everybody just took a big exhale and just chilled out for a while. And that kind of happened at the end of 2021, uh, which is interesting because, you know, I think right now this Colorado is like 8 9% positivity rate. Boy, a year and a half ago, 8 or 9% positivity rate, and we've been locked down again. Can't go in anywhere. Stay at home. You know, eat a can of soup. That was a lot of fun, huh? So... And having said that, uh, this is not a doom and gloom, it's just a fact, but Chris Buescher, who literally flew through the air with the greatest of ease at the Coca-Cola 600, not so much, a big hit. Lucky to just step out and walk away, but uh, is on COVID protocols this week and will not be racing at uh, uh, in St. Louis this weekend. So, <clears throat> you know. It is. It is what it is. Uh, they have, if I'm not mistaken, called up um, uh, one of the truck stars, who, you know, it's. A, I mean, Zane Smith is a is a very good driver in the truck series, but boy, oh boy, talk about uh, baptism under fire. That. Uh, that should be pretty interesting. I, I guarantee you the last uh, few days he has been living inside the team headquarters and getting a crash course on uh, how to drive a next-gen car at a place that they've never been before. Again, no notes, no no, no real information to go off. You know, it's uh, it's one of the things that's made this season exciting This so far. It's It's... Some of the regulars, and then a whole bunch of the irregulars. I don't want to say replacements like that. I like I like that movie a lot. But I thought Keanu Reeves did a good job. Uh, <laughs> SDK is looking at me like, "What the? You ever saw the replacements?" Oh man, that's a good. Keanu was good. Yeah, yeah, not a bad looking dude. If yeah, okay. Yeah. Sid says he's okay. Uh but uh, uh, yeah, I'd lost my train of thought. I was thinking about the replacements, but yeah, it's it's been, you know, it's been a, a lot of the regulars, but a lot of the irregulars. And that's just made the season fun so far. I, as you heard me say in the last segment, um, you know, the guys in the desert are picking Hamlin this weekend. I, I, I guess. I mean, he could, he could have a great race and then do what. The sandwich does, and airmail, a pit stop, get a pit speeding uh, violation, go a lap down, and the rest is history. Because that's uh, that's kind of what he does, unfortunately. NHRA, they are in Epping, New Hampshire this weekend. And, uh, you know, we love talking the world of straight liners. We're not that uh, 
we're not that far away from the Mile High Nationals. That should be very, very cool. Well, I hope it'll be not too cool, but that's Colorado. I've been there on Friday nights for Friday night qualifying where there's, it's actually kind of funny, down in the staging lanes under the tower, standing in four inches of gushing warm water because the water runs down off the staging lanes down into the under the tower and it gets all heated up from the concrete or asphalt or whatever the heck it is and you're standing in a bathtub and then of course the next day it's 97 degrees so that's what it kind of makes the uh, mile high nationals kind of funny you, it's like a box, box of chocolates you just don't know what you're gonna get um Let's talk Xfinity. I don't normally talk a lot of Xfinity, but let's talk about them for a second because they're one of my favorite tracks anywhere, and that would be um, PIR, not Phoenix, but Portland International Raceway. Ah, the music's telling me that I'm going to have to wind it up. Well, we'll talk about that in the second segment, but a lot of fun is the track in Portland and... You know, the shocking, I was I came to air, I believe A.J. Allmendinger was the fastest. That's not really a surprise. But uh, more youngsters and names that uh, you've never heard before, which would make that race a lot of fun. Portland is very fast, very daunting, and is slinging around a 4,000-pound sled on a track that's not very forgiving. And you can't run up on the curbs because they got gator teeth on them. Makes it a lot of fun. So what can I tell you? It's uh, all good stuff right there. Uh, we're all... Brought to you in part by Colpar Hobbies. Two locations to serve you. Two in the metro here. The Superstore in Aurora. And if Fred's place doesn't have it, he probably can't. Well, it probably doesn't exist. But if uh, he can't find it, well, it's probably not out there. But if you uh, are a hobby guy or gal, like drones, RC cars, all that stuff, there's only one place to go. And that's uh, Colpar's Hobby Town. One store in Denver, the Superstore in Aurora. Or easily find it at Colpar com. Head on in. Tell Fred you heard us talking about him on the radio. It's Race Central. Hour number one of the books. Hour number two. And Lee Spencer and Photo Joe Star coming up after this.